Hello everyone, my name is Tamini Farah, I'm a psychotherapist and a dancer. We're starting a new podcast series called Tamini in Motion. We're going to be exploring different ways of dealing with trauma through movement, dance, touch, all sorts of energy work. We're going to be interviewing various people who have expertise in, in different fields, as well as speaking with people about their stories of resilience and great comebacks. Please join us this week, August 7th, for our first episode. I'm Tamini Joy Farah, and I'm a psychotherapist. I've been in practice for 25 years, and I'm a lifelong dancer. I believe in the power of movement. I'm also a founding member of the Wild Rose Project. We are a collective, mother and daughter collective, that started several years ago. I want to just tell you a little bit about us. Wild Rose is not only the name of the street that we lived on, but it's also a significance because of the wild rose bush, which is beautiful and represents love, but it is thorny. The thorns cannot be ignored, and the thorns represent all of our trauma. We all have it, and in order to bloom into our full potential and our beauty, we need to deal with our thorns. I'm sitting here with my three daughters today on our first podcast. Hi. <laughs> yeah, we're psyched to hey be there. here. We're here. In our podcast, we're going to be speaking about and sharing stories of trauma and healing through unique personal stories as well as a discussion about different movement forms and how they open up blocks in the body. Opening up our blocks allow us to embody our body, minds, and spirit, and engage with ourselves fully, and therefore engage better in the world. That's the joy of joy. So, I'm going to have my three daughters introduce themselves and talk about their particular healing art form, as well as a little bit about themselves, and then we're going to discuss all this. So, Vanessa, why don't you start? Hi, I'm Vanessa. I am the eldest. I am a birth doula in Tucson, Arizona, and also a yoga instructor. I have taught all ages of yoga. I have incorporated yoga into my own life. And I have also been working with new families as they uh, embrace the rite of passage that is their birth. Hi, this is Olivia. Um, I am a performer. I have a bachelor's in dance, and um, I'm also a massage therapist uh, with a license in New York, and um, a soon-to-be psychotherapist uh, with a master's degree in mental health counseling. I have um, incorporated all these things into my life. I have a dance, a performance dance company with um, a close friend that I've that's been active for about seven years now. I um, have a massage business in Brooklyn, New York, and um, I work at an LGBTQ clinic in Manhattan as a psychotherapist. 
Hi, I'm Maddie, and I'm the youngest daughter, and um, I am currently uh, in school for um, social work. I go to Hunter College, Silverman School of Social Work, and I'm also a personal trainer. Um, I do a lot of mindfulness and meditation work, mostly with adolescents, um, and I really like to incorporate um, movement with the body uh, integrated into mental health practices. Thanks, girls. Um, I'd like to discuss a little bit more in depth how you feel your particular form of movement or healing work has helped people that you've come in contact with. Well, speaking about yoga, it is uh, multifaceted. Of course, there's the movement, which um, if you've never done yoga, that's probably the first thing you think of. But there's also the breath work and there's meditation. And I have found personally that all three of those can be transformational and bring, they bring me closer to my inner self, which I think is often the key to healing and the key to listening. Uh, especially breath work because breath work is just so, it's so simple. It's so simple. We all have our breath and with just a little bit of guidance or even just like with a timer set for one minute to just breathe, um, you can really sort of change your perspective and change your connection to yourself. I'll speak on massage um, specifically. I think that what I've noticed in a lot of my clients is that um, just the simplicity of the practice of coming back every week or every two weeks or every month is um, giving something to yourself. And this can be, um, like we all talk about self-care kind of in different ways, but I think specifically with massage, um, it's a really good way to give back to yourself and help yourself heal. So in regards to trauma, I have some clients who um, just having the chance to be touched in a nurturing way can heal um, some abuse, a history of abuse or neglect or even just um, as simple as like not being comfortable in your own body and really like pushing yourself to um, gain some awareness around that or some confidence in that area. Um, and also I work with a lot of people who are legitimately injured. So I think it's a really good way to take care of yourself. I think in the Western society in the US, um, there's a lot, there's like a heavy mentality of ignoring when you're in pain, emotionally or physically. And I think once you get into like a preventative practice with massage and body work, you really get into the habit of taking care of yourself so that you're not acting when you're in crisis. And that also, um, that relates back to psychotherapy as well. It's preventative, holistic care. And um, when I studied massage, I studied, um, I'm experienced in Swedish, Shiatsu, Polarity, Reiki, which are both um, energy work. But when I learned um, Shiatsu, which was one of the focuses in, in school, in massage school, we learned a lot about how, how important preventative care is. Um, and it's just not uh, valued in, in the U.S. So I think it's important to remember that. And that's something I try to instill in my massage clients, as well as my psychotherapy clients. But I think it's, um, it's more apparent because with, with massage, especially because I've been doing it for so long, I'm, I feel more confident in um, reminding my clients of that. 
Um, I love what my sisters have said already. Um, I want to speak a little bit more about uh, being proactive with your mental and physical health. Um, meditation specifically, a lot of people when they start, um, it's really difficult, but uh, it's important to be proactive with it and keep that practice up. Um, and as you practice more and more, you start with 30 seconds, you uh, continue to do the best you can. Uh, and allow that time for yourself. Um, you really learn more about yourself. Um, I would also like to speak to uh, exercise. A lot of people might think that that's only for your body, um, but like Vanessa already said, um, breath work is really healing, and regulating your breath during exercise can become a really centering process. Um, and I think I realized that it's a, a child, really, um, that breath work, I could always come back to regulation and equilibrium. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think if you train yourself to, within breath work, you're training yourself to be mindful, but you're also training your nervous system, which, like, once you activate your parasympathetic nervous system, you're deactivating the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight nervous system. Mm. So if you're activating the rest and digest, which again is the parasympathetic nervous system, you're teaching your body, you're training your body to do that on its own. So you don't need to be necessarily with your massage therapist or with, with your psychotherapist or in a yoga class. You can do it on your own when you feel panicked or you feel anxious or just before bed just to regulate yourself. Yeah, I want to add to the parasympathetic nervous system. Just like uh, Olivia said earlier about massage, how um, touch can activate the parasympathetic nervous system, you can, just like she said, you can touch, um, you can do self-touch, and that's a great form of self-compassion work. Yeah, and thank you, sisters and mother, for um, speaking on this, because I just thought of something else that I do in my work. So with birth work, we, I use breath as well. Some people hire me specifically because I'm also a yoga instructor and they want that kind of um, guidance when they're, when they're in labor. And a lot of people hire me because they want to have an unmedicated birth. And like Liv was just saying, yeah, you, you, you have to train yourself yeah. to activate your parasympathetic nervous, nervous system so that, so that you can be relaxed even when you're in labor so that, it, so, that, um, so that you don't panic and so that you can make it through and you can stay in contact with yourself and with your and with your baby so that you can, so that, so that it can happen the way that it's physio physiologically um, meant to happen. Um, and like Liv was saying also about preventative care, yeah, if you have these practices, I mean, and this is more in the realm of what I do, but if you have these practices in place on a regular basis, you are going to come to the point when you're ready to have a baby and, you know, you're thinking about planning your birth and you already, you already have that as a practice that that helps you access your power and your peace and your calm. And you can always develop it at any point in life. It's never too late, but, you know, just thinking about it being preventative, um, it's always, yeah, it's always good for to have that as your practice. Yeah, I would like to throw in here the power of movement. Um, I have been trained in Shake Your Soul, which is a form of intuitive dance. And... Um, you know, dance is something that I personally have turned to throughout my entire life, whether it be through ballet, formal training, or just spontaneously um, reaching in down deep into a place of great sadness, hardship, trauma, um, joy, 
celebration. Uh, dance is a nonverbal expression, um, and it, it gets to places that you don't even have the language or the words for, which is why it's so intensely powerful. And of course, like our breath and like all everything um, the girls have been talking, the women have been speaking about, um, these are nonverbal ways to access parts of your body that are blocked that you cannot speak about. And the combination of many different uh, forms, whether it be healing work, energy work, yoga, dance, fitness, all of these things go hand in hand. It's n none of them are mutually exclusive. They all work together to um, enable you to access different parts of yourself, which I think we all agree and we all uh, try to live by. Uh, accessing various parts of ourselves is, is the key to enjoyment and also wellness and feeling content. Yeah, and in yoga, we call it the subtle body um, mm. and sometimes the energetic body. And if you've done yoga, that feeling that you have after you've done a few sun salutations, that's, that's activating the subtle body. And that's something that mm -hmm. just increases your health overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also wanted to comment on some things not being able to be active or articulated, which I think also is another thing in our society. Um, there's not enough value placed on subtleties, like physical subtleties, and being able to communicate in other ways besides verbal. Um, and that's a that's a big value in like collective collectivist cultures, mm -hmm. and it's not as much in, in the individualistic. Mm -hmm. um, culture, which is which is the U.S. Right. So when I think about like what I gain from dance is, like I don't sometimes I don't want to have to feel pressure to articulate something that I'm feeling. It doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. a trauma. It's just um, I think, like as you as you um, sh shift through like different um, different chapters of your life, the way that you express yourself through through art, if you do create stuff like that. Um, it can be very powerful, but for different reasons. And so for me, sometimes, like what you said, Mom, in your last one of your videos on your Instagram, you were saying that sometimes it's just not, things are not able to be articulated mm -hmm. or to act, be accessed right. through words. So I think it's really important for people who do feel comfortable just like moving or for me what I do now I used to perform a lot more live but obviously with COVID that's really changed and so now I've found a lot of comfort in like creating these very stylized videos that I make at home of me dancing um, and I I when I was like experiencing um, what we all were going through during the Black Lives Matter resurgence like a month ago um, I felt definitely pain coming from other people, coming from my clients, a lot of anxiety, and I really wanted to express that. And what just came naturally to me was to create um, a few dance videos, which I found to be really awesome and fun, too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really beautiful that you're able to do that for yourself. And you know, you know that that's the thing that puts you in touch with yourself. And I wanted to also add what you were saying about the nonverbal um, ways of expressing yourself. It made me think of my work as a doula because there, you know, oftentimes when someone's going through something really tough, and you all are therapists, I'm not, but I am a doula and I think that I provide a lot of emotional support for my clients yeah. and for people who, you know, the skills that I have as a doula come into my life in a lot of other ways. It's not just for my clients who are giving birth. And yeah, I've had to really learn, like, it's not always about saying the right thing to make someone feel better. It's, it's, it's about just being there and listening.
and being you, there and listening or mm -hmm. putting a hand on or, or, or sometimes I just say, I'm here with you when I know they're going through something really tough. And that's been, I, I think that really does go against like what you were saying, our culture, our individualist culture, and really just our modern culture, our human culture. It's because um, we think that we should be able to solve the problem. And also that's very masculine. Mm -hmm. That's Patriot. a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, activating the feminine within me is, is to just be present, to be present for others. And then, of course, I have to do that for myself as well. Yeah, yeah, and you, sorry, yeah, just going off what you're saying, Vanessa, I think um, that's called, that what comes to mind is it's okay not to be okay, and just creating yeah. mm -hmm. space for that. Those are the thorns. Those are the thorns. Right, exactly. it's okay to have the thorns, yeah. Um, and what, what is really important is getting in touch with yourself during those moments and um, kind of realizing a roadmap for yourself. How, mm -hmm. do, you, how do you handle... Uh, your mind, your body during that time. Mm -hmm. And I think um, with your practice, you really um, highlight body work, uh, energy work mm -hmm. when as a doula. So mm -hmm. you'll do, you do a lot of Reiki, which I think mm -hmm. is really powerful and important because you're physically being there for your clients. Yeah, and I do, uh, yeah, and I do visualizations and meditations with them as well because I want them to be able to access the, the place within themselves whether I'm there or not. Um. Yeah. I think what we're all saying <clears throat> that's really important is integration of all of these practices. Um, I think it's also common in the American culture to have specialists in this area and that area. Um, but I think it's all of the four of our goals to really bring that together um, and think about things as you are as a whole person or as a whole community or as a whole society. Um, uh, yeah, and I think that that's what you were saying, Liv, about individualistic versus collectivism. Um, I want to get away from that special specializations uh, mentality. Right, mm -hmm. because that's all about competition and doing better than the next right, person, right, doing right. more and more. and working Achievement. overtime. But you yeah. really live like that right. because we're not one thing. None of us are. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and, and yoga, yoga, of course, is all about that. Like mm -hmm. the unity yes. of, mm -hmm. of everything. Like mm -hmm. the speck on the floor and the human stepping on it. Like, yeah. That's why I find it so important. Even in my personal <clears throat> training, I always bring in yoga and I always yeah. bring in meditation because it's not one thing. Right, it's not just about the cardio. That's yeah. a really, <laughs> really important point. I find right. that in my psychotherapy practice, although... I was trained in a very traditional way, way back when, um, that it helps people so much more if I can bring in ways that can help them in a nonverbal, whether it be hypnotherapy or through, you know, suggesting that they access some yoga. We do meditation um, in the office together, and that seems to be quite calming. Um, I'm also curious with the three of you why you think you have chosen the particular um, avenues that you've chosen. If you could speak to that a little bit, because I think for people who are listening and, and you know, people at all different levels and they're thinking about their own careers or about their own personal choices to well-being, um, they're, they're curious, and I'm always curious, how do people get where they've gotten? Wh what are those decisions that they've made based on? Yeah, that's a really good question. Should we go in age order again? <laughs> um, sure. I, well, let's see. I was, I was a Spanish teacher in New York City 
went, that was like my first like major career. Uh, and then after I had my first child, I, I came in contact with a side of myself that was a lot more subtle than, than, than the channel I had really been living in throughout my twenties. It was a lot more like my, you know, the feminine was really awakened and my creative side and becoming a mother kind of just put me in that mindset a little bit more. And, uh, that is so, you know, and some of it is about like just the practical of like, what can I fit in around being a full-time parent? Because I, I was home with my son full-time and I knew that I didn't want to continue classroom teaching at that time. So yeah, I, I had always loved yoga. I had always really felt that there was more to it for me. And so, but I never, I just never had time to go to there. The yoga teacher trainings are a very intense time commitment. So I found myself with a slight opening to do that. And then from there, I sort of added on, like like mom and I went to Kripalo Center for Healing and we did the Reiki training together. Mm-hmm. Liv as a massage therapist has also been trained in Reiki. And it was just kind of a natural add-on. And and then for my work as a doula, I I was very empowered by my births. I have three children and I decided to become a doula in between baby number two and baby number three and I do I do feel like it's a it's a form of healing to go through your birth can a birth the birth of your own child can really address so many different areas of your past and of yourself that you maybe never would have considered and it is also about the subtle body um so yeah, so I came into my things I guess through my own personal openings in my life and um, I, that's sort of how I like, I've discovered that that's how I like to to go. I like to just sort of feel into it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very interesting, very intuitive, Vanessa. Right, Which right. is very much who you are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I started dancing as a little kid, and I, I always refer to dance as my oldest friend because <clears throat> it's gotten me through through just like it's always been there with me forever um and I've really I've also been empowered by dance because I started my own dance company I moved to Brooklyn and I auditioned for a few companies and then um I decided what worked best for me was to start this this company with my friend and we got to create our own work and perform in like really strange spaces and say what we wanted to say and um usually we did mostly duet work um, but we got to perform in like on rooftops and in bars and outside. We had like a a really um, great run in New York City. Um, and just backtracking a little bit, when I was in college, I studied in Italy and I studied a lot of traditional dance like um, Tariaka and uh, Tarantella. Um, and all of my teachers there were mostly body workers too. It kind of just came hand in hand, which makes sense because dancers are are always getting injured and dancers don't really take care of themselves. So um, I was really inspired by that. Simultaneously, I was thinking about becoming a psychotherapist, but I think to to um, to take on that that role in society, you have to be ready and mature. And like Vanessa was referring back to when she was speaking earlier she talked about um, really like tapping into certain things within yourself and I, I didn't really feel ready yet for that so I decided to um, get a license in massage therapy um, because I wanted to help heal people on 
in a kinesthetic, physiological way because I felt most comfortable with that, felt the most natural to me because of um, doing dance forever um, and just being so comfortable with that. Um, yeah, and then I decided in my late 20s to be a mental health counselor. It was time, it really clicked for me. And um, I think they all really tie in together with my, with my clients, with my psychotherapy clients. Um, I really do think that they benefit from my knowledge of the body because I also do a lot of breath work with people. And um, I'm very sex positive, very body positive, And I don't think that I would be like that if I hadn't um, been a dancer and a massage therapist first. What about you, Maddie? I feel like there's, I had a lot of converging paths going on. Um, I guess I will, I will start. Um, I first was a special ed teacher in Brooklyn, and I started to realize that my values did not match with um, what the school was promoting for the students or for my fellow teachers. Um, a lot of teachers were sick. Um, a lot of the students were unhealthy um, and I wanted to be well and I wanted those I wanted everyone to be well around me um, so I decided um, one avenue for that I first became um, a personal trainer uh, with the idea in mind that I wanted to help people be um, physically well, um, and then to go along with that, I said, why not? Let's follow um, my family community and um, uh, become a psychotherapist as well. So, um, so now I can really help people uh, become that balanced, uh, that balanced person. I, I hope for myself and I hope for those around me as well. Um, I feel like I have so many thing, more things to say, but I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I think what we're all speaking about right now is if we follow what we believe in personally and we follow what has helped us personally, and that being, as Maddie had said earlier, a true integration, we we can help others because we're not only uh, teaching it or guiding people, but we're also living it. And that's really the authentic self. It's, it's your insides and your outsides matching up um, as closely aligned as possible. It's, it's never perfect, but that's okay. And, um, and we can give others what we've been through. I tell a lot of my clients, you can't bring people where you have not gone. And that is a key to helping others and guiding them in their journey. You, you must have been there in, in some way yourself. And that, and that is truly the, um, the profound nature of the work, I think, that we're all doing. So what I, my intention with these podcasts and with my Instagram, T-Motion, um, is to have people share their stories of empowerment and resilience. And there's going to be lots of interesting stories from a lawyer who became a firefighter to, um, to a young woman who has um, transitioned into becoming a young man to um, children's views on the pandemic 
that we've been all experiencing and what it means for young children to not be with their peers, all sorts of, all sorts of things. But for, for me, that has become the real e essence and juiciness of my work. It's hearing people's stories and just observing how the resilience and transformational quality of people's lives inspire the rest of us. It's a domino effect. So it, does anyone else want to chime in on that before we we end today. Is your Instagram T underscore motion? Yeah, it's, thanks Liv, it's T underscore motion nine, the number nine. And you can follow me on Instagram. And of course, we'll have this podcast up and running very, very soon. And I'll be announcing when it's going to air. Um, can I share mine as well? Sure. Uh, this is Vanessa. And my website is wildroseproject.com. And my Instagram is wildrosedoula. You can follow us there. Anyone else want to throw in their, their stuff? Where to find them? Okay. Bridge and Brit. Wait, what is our Instagram, Bridge and It's Bridge Olive Dance. So handle is Bridge Olive Dance on Instagram. If you want to see some fun dance, just and to get your videos, she was talking about earlier that she does. They're all there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're fun. And so, I will add, um, you can follow the Opportunity Network Tuesdays at 1 p.m. I run a mindfulness moment. It's a meditation. Um, you can catch me there. This has been wonderful. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Bye bye for now. Thank you. Bye. bye. Thanks for having us, Mom. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Instagram at T underscore motion, the number nine, or anywhere that you might subscribe to your podcast at Tamini in Motion.